and let you introduce the guest that shall not be named. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Hey, everybody, we're back. So, UFC 235 happened. It was, you know, it was a mix because we were excited about this card and we got a lot from it. We did. But we also got some awkward parts from it that are really hard to digest and apparently they're still going on right now kev who uh, who's going on that could go a lot of different directions with how these well you've got usman and covington this is breaking news uh getting into an altercation in what looks like a buffet line at one of the hotels or casinos been there uh that happened to me at 7 a.m at the bellage (laughs) once i've uh i hear them and it's so funny because you can't turn on anything for any fighter without seeing some melee happen. And Ali, the fame manager who gets name checked consistently by a number of fighters for both good and bad reasons, he's definitely in the mix too. So, yeah, it's still kind of happening. And it's weird because I like Usman. I don't like Covington, and I don't like the jib of Ollie. So it's a, it's a weird myriad of emotions. Anyway, so we have some business to get to, which is we need to bring back on the guest that we had last week for Over Under Kevin. Do she we? has been slaving. Yes, we do. We do. She has a lot to say because I know uh, she was messaging me during the fights, and she really, really wanted to know how she was doing. And that's the mark of somebody who is highly competitive and she's not the first, nor will she be the last, but ladies and gentlemen, let's bring back on to the show, Ashley Lauren Rolo. Ashley, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. How are you guys tonight? Uh, very well. I'm good. Kevin might not be in a great place, like but we'll get to that later. Yeah. I was concerned. I didn't hear from him. So I was kind of concerned for his, uh, health and well-being. I almost wanted to send him somebody for a health to be, to be fair, people do this thing where when they can't speak to the Wizard of Odds, they speak to me. So mm-hmm. when they can't get a hold of Kevin, they're like, Raph, pass along this to Kevin. And I always go, okay, yeah. Kev, you suck. This is what one of our guests is saying. And Kev will take a moment and he'll be like, well, that's hurtful. Please send them my <laughs> regards. And I go, okay, well, it'd be easier if y'all communicated. But Kev. What were your initial thoughts of yesterday's card? Because we have a lot to digest. Pretty long and s- semi-unsatisfying. Like, okay. if this was a card I left, this is not what you asked me, but I'm going to do it like we're in an interview. If I could mm-hmm. describe this fight in one word, <laughs> what would it be? Unsatisfying is okay. how I felt about UFC 235. And why is that? The infamous... Was that horseshit pick Ben Askren a win? I don't know that it was. And I don't think Ashley feels great about that. I could Ooh. hear the semi-humble brag. Well, let's ask. Mm-hmm. Ashley, how do you feel about that horseshit win from a collar tie? Well, see, here's the thing. Whenever you get collar tied, it's another one of two ways. You either tap and you get submitted, or it hits you in such a way where you go up, not fully, but you're going on enough where when you wake up, you kind of don't know that you went up. And uh, that's kind of what uh, looked like it happened. It looked like when he had him in the collar tie, his arm kind of went limp. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the same thing I was. And it looked like he was out. Like, he just went, like, complete marionette, like, dead marionette. 
and then he like woke up and then um you know it was stopped so but i'm not kind of happy about that that seems like one interpretation kev do you have another yes i do have okay. a, another interpretation he puts his hand down God forbid. Mm-hmm. Now I agree. That's a unanimous sign of that person's asleep when they when they happen to put their. I'm being facetious. Mm-hmm. When they happen to put their hand on the ground, Herb's like, "You okay?" And he like hits his hand away. Like, yeah, I'm trying to get out of this stupid choke, but I'll be back in a second if you don't mind. So I found it to be a slight bit premature, and frankly, I'm gonna call this one. I thought the broadcast kind of talked him into it. Because Joe Rogan was screaming, he's out, he's out. And I'm not sure if her no, can hear that. Up. He woke up. Okay. Here's what I'm, I'm going to come in here. Because we had some responses online to some posts that we put up. And I'll make it very clear in saying this. Uh, ben Askren has been so boring to me. But yesterday's fight was mm-hmm. very compelling for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, let's talk about Robbie Lawler coming out. And welcoming Ben Askren to the UFC very quickly. Those strikes that he was putting on him were exactly what I wanted him to do. And old Robbie Lawler might have burnt himself out just trying to pummel him in a bad position. And it looked like he was kind of pacing himself, which gave Ben a little bit of a reprieve to come back into it. Now, to Ben's credit, when he was pushing Robbie back up against the cage, he was doing his boring work. But it was neutralizing what... Robbie is so good at. Now let's get into the, the thing that made me upset. While I was really, really excited about that sequence, I get really mad when I saw Robbie leave his whole neck out as he was trying to get up. And I understand he's tired. I understand, you know, you, you sometimes get a little lost out there when it's close to the end of a round or whatever. But when he does that, it's a marginal kind of mistake that somebody like Ben Askren will capitalize on. Now, a lot of people are talking about this bulldog choke. And first and foremost, let's just clear this out for any dummies out there. Bulldog chokes are legit. They are terrible to be in. And no one likes being in them. And yes, it can be one that puts you out. Did it put out Robbie in this case? In my opinion, no. And even with his arm going limp, I want to get into the number of angles I've seen right. on this because this is one of those JFK shots. Now, Kev, what is your interpretation of him not going out? Because I have a certain recollection of how this went out, and then I saw it again. They zapruded it. So I will actually <laughs> – I'm obviously lashing out, which might be some foreshadowing into how these fights went. But I don't disagree with Ashley completely. To me, in real time, which is one of those – Sports sports has a lot of slow motion now. We might have too much slow motion. We might should all like agree mm-hmm. on a speed that we can do this because from different yeah. angles, I absolutely see that it kind of looks like his right arm is limp. But that's it. That's the only mm-hmm. thing you're stopping this fight because of. Potentially, his right arm is kind of limp. It also appears in the exchange that he's also he's saying I'm I'm okay. I'm here. And I guess I don't know enough about defending against that choke to know it's like, uh, no. do I go limp? That's kind of how I defend home invasions. 
<laughs> and aggressive yeah. alpha Kai's like this is it's a strategy. You just sort of noodle yourself down, become a wet sheet. It's the George Michael Bluth version of getting out of a move where you just kind of <laughs> slunder over and you just hope for the best. A, yeah, you get the ball. Ashley, you were going to say something. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, a lot of, I don't, have either of you ever been put out before? Yes. Like, have you ever gone out? Yeah, so you yes. know how, like, when you wake up from getting, like, choked out, you don't remember, but you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I went out. But sometimes it just happens so quickly that you don't get that chance to tap. That's why you go out, because you couldn't get there in time. With that bulldog choke, and I will say, I, um, I was processing it one time uh, at Performance Institute with Gary Conan. And it got really close. And it's not one of those moves where it's slow moving and it'll take some time. It's one of those moves that you get it in the right spot and it's almost instantaneous. You know? Yeah, uh, I see. I think that's what happened. I think he got caught at a good angle where it hit so quickly. I see your point. And I understand that Ben Askren has video of him that people are ascribing as part of their defense of him where he's basically crushing watermelons, which is the weirdest form of testimony and evidence you can bring into the court of public opinion but it's what people do Mm -hmm. and to that i respond and say have you seen robbie lawler's head so i i don't know that that necessarily is one that's going to crush easily uh especially considering uh how we've seen it can be sometimes uh strong as bull but here's where the Mm -hmm. issue for me comes in this is why i feel that when people are talking about a rematch for this particular case i actually warrant it and it It's not because I don't really find Ben Askren interesting. I have a lot of respect for him coming back after those shots. So let's make sure Mm -hmm. that's very clear. What I do have a problem with is if he went out, then why check the hand? Because if he went out, call the fight. But then when you check the hand and the eye line doesn't meet where the hand is giving you the thumbs up, that is going to fall on the ref. And I will tell you this, Mm -hmm. the minute that you saw after it was all said and done, Herb Dean, he had that look on his face. It's like, oh, shit. But he called it. And we all have to subscribe <laughs> to, well, that's the mm-hmm. end of it. And Robbie, to his credit, was like, especially backstage, he said, you know what, man? I'm not here to bitch. Hats off to him. You know, I'd love to run it back. And they're like asking him to really, really clarify his stance. He goes, I'm not coming out here making mistakes. I just want to have that match again. And, you mm-hmm. know, credit to everybody involved. But the whole reason why I think people are missing the larger picture uh, picture here is if he goes limp, call it right then and there. If you're going to check that hand, you have to monitor if that hand is giving you a thumbs up back. And there is a clear thumbs up. So the gray area that everybody seems to be ascribing that I don't think necessarily stands for an argument's sake is, well, what about that gray area if you go out? And, and then, then you, you come you back in. <laughs> and that's a weird area. That's that's where we get into that element of, okay, well, how much are the refs involved? And I really do feel that if that person, and you are checking that, and let me just say this real quick. If you are in professional wrestling, they do a three-hand raise before you go out. And many a time, I've seen many a people, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, give you a wagging finger. So it can be done here, people. And everyone's always been fine, to your point. We've never lost a pro wrestler with the simple three-up and finger-wag system. Exactly. (laughs) So when you look at somebody like Robbie Lawler, here's where I think the issue is, for me, in the terms of why it's disappointing. Number one, you see Ben Askren, who's going to continue into his geek heel 
uh, character that, or persona that he's going into. But him going out and saying, like, is that the best you've got? And I was like, um, let's rewind that tape of you. <laughs> yes, that he, that's Herb Dean. <laughs> he's Death great. Valley Driver. And also uh, getting knocked silly for a little while. Like, dude, I get what you're doing and I understand it and it's fun. But secondary, when he was backstage and he said he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want a rematch. And Dana White, when they asked him in the post presser, they go, Dana, you know, what are you feeling about this? Where, where do you see you're stepping in? How do you see we're going to go from here? And he goes, oh, we're doing a rematch. And they go, well, that's really funny. Ben Askren was saying he doesn't want to do a rematch. And he goes, yeah, fuck that. We're doing a rematch. Well, I honestly, listen, you know, when I took Ben Aspen win, it was really hard for me to pick him. Strategically, in this first fight, I think he needed, when they fought each other, I think off the bat, Ben was going to win. It was going to be tough. I think Robbie needed to kind of feel himself again. You know, he needed to feel um, Ben out. But I do think in the rematch, I do think Robbie's going to take him out. That's interesting. That's why Ben doesn't want to fight him. I think Ben doesn't want to fight him because he knows that this next time, that's it. Robbie knows what he needs to work on. He knows what his weak points are. And I think that that's what's going to wind up happening ultimately. But it's also, in this rematch. It's also just a really, it's a really particular area that you don't find too many people lose to in that section. So it's not to say it can't happen again. It very well could. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of I don't know. I mean, even if you do see Askren beating Robbie Lawler again, I don't really see it by a bulldog choke again. Uh, no. Or at no, least like he's that. Gonna, he's going to have to work for it. Um, but anyway, I would say this. And the thing that I think is disappointing, and I'll throw this over to you, Kevin, in a second, which is the thing that left me on a sour note was this. As much as I don't really care, I do feel a sense of empathy for when an athlete does come back, does put on a good performance, and they didn't really do anything wrong here, but that they don't get a definitive win for their debut to quell some of the naysayers. And on the same mm-hmm. side, you feel like Robbie Lawler didn't really get the, a fair shake. So those are the two things that I would say. Kev, is that a, a fair assessment? Am I going crazy here? Because we're getting a lot of Askren fans being like, look how powerful he is. He's so good. Oh, my God. Love him. I also. I don't think Aspen's that powerful. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Listen, I, I, I really don't. I think um, his cardio could easily use some work. I think that um, personally, his wrestling is absolutely outstanding. And the fact that he's been training ridiculous amounts with Tyrone Woodley, you know what I mean? I, I think that shows where his ground performance has come into play. But I think ultimately. He's not as athletic as Robbie is. Well, sure. But <laughs> I it's still called to question in my, my general issue, and I'm I'm down for a rematch. It sounds fun anytime you yeah. have a fight like this that goes unsatisfyingly back to my one word. Mm-hmm. But I will I do want to make a note of this. I don't I don't have a ton more to contribute, but I did actually enjoy the way Ben Askren handled everything. Joe Rogan was asking him about, you know, it's controversial in the really passive aggressive way Joe does after <laughs> after a fight. And he yeah. took it in stride. Just not my job to call that. I just beat people. It's like, is this the best you got? I enjoyed it. I was down. It actually almost mm-hmm. made me like him more with how he handled it. Yeah, because he's no he knows how he knows people are gonna give him 
a lot of crap for it. He knows that no matter who it is, they're going to give him crap. Some people it's... are going to, it's just the Ben Asker fans are going to come out like, yeah, he, he won, he beat them. But then you're going to have other people who don't really care either way for Ben Asker. And they're going to be like, well, bro, you know, that fight wasn't, you know, this. It didn't end like this. You know, so it, either way, like, you know what I mean? He, I cheering. think he did handle it well. And I think it calmed him down a little bit. Like, he is still kind of, I don't want to say, like, in the spotlight and being a loud person. But I think it may have humbled him just a little bit. Well, uh, we'll see. Because I'm, yeah. I'm now curious as to what this is going to do for him. And somebody was saying they're like, well, I think it was Vince who put out a note that said, hey, Raph, I really don't want to see this again. It sucks that it happened, but let them move on to other people. And I immediately told him, I was like, not at all. And he goes, well, why? And I go, because you need to work on Askren's bankability. I feel if you put him in that rematch, it will make him a bigger draw, win or lose. I really do. Yeah. And I feel like if you put him forward for whoever wins, uh, because he wants to hold out for the... Uh, I believe it's uh, the fight, the Till fight with, uh, was it Vasquez? Who is it? Um, uh, Masvidal. Where I think is that one? That one is in... Uh, that one's in London. There's so many fights these days. Yeah, there's so many fights these days that it's so <laughs> but, hard to keep track of when and where. He wants to hold out for the winner of that fight. And I feel like that would be... Uh, him and Till would be interesting. But given this way more compelling narrative that you can push on, despite Darren's till his ability to sell that, um, I really feel the, the more interest would be in seeing Robbie Lawler and him. I think they could combine to another mm-hmm. good fight. And I think that now Robbie Lawler, who is almost MIA from promoting this fight entirely, would actually have some grounds to be like, yeah, it sucked, man. I really hated that. But I'm going to come back and I'm going to put my fist through his head. And you might go there yeah. and say, yeah, I might think so. So that that's my my humble opinion on this. Yeah. Kev, let's switch to the main event because uh, we we will go top down. Was there a moment that you identified with Smith in this fight? Because I know that when I saw him in the fetal position multiple times, I thought, yeah, that's about what I would do. Yeah, there was actually many times, given his Midwestern sensibilities, was like, that guy is thinking. I will say, let's put an asterisk next to that last fight because of a very bizarre referee's decision. And with this one, I would be somewhat remiss if I didn't point out two things. One, I was I was kind of looking for a finish, any sort of ground exchange, something to change up the pace of this fight. And two, we have another controversial john john jones is a fucking cheater that guy will do whatever he can to cheat including poke people in the eye which he's been called out on many times and now straight up kneeing them in the head while they're on the ground i have a question for the fighter on this podcast right now raf ashley in organizations that you fight for are you allowed to knee people Mm. in the head while they're on the ground no but i will say this when you're fighting, you have like you do know what's going on, but you also don't know what's going on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of go into this mode where you're just like, "All right, I have a knee, let me use it. I have a hand, let me use it," and you kind of don't realize 
what you did until after you did it. Cause there's times where like, even after something, even like with sparring, I'm like, Wait, what happened? Like, what did I do? Like, <laughs> how did that look? Like, you don't even know. Cause you're just out of it. You're, you're in like a different like planet at that point, you know? And, um, even with like jujitsu matches, like I don't, like I've watched tapes over some of my finishes. And I don't even remember half the time how I got them. I'm like, Oh, I don't, I didn't even remember that, you know? So I could see, where he didn't realize what he was doing. Cause at first, like it didn't look like he, I don't think he knew exactly what was going on Jones. And, you know, I'll be honest. Um, I mean, this is going to be very controversial and I hope that the people from, uh, you know, Jones's camp don't really hear this, but I would, if looking at that fight though, I feel like it could have ended sooner. I feel like, mm, I feel like Jones could have potentially, or somebody could have been like, you know what, make it go to the end. Nobody, nobody saw that fight going rounds, you know? And I feel like Jones wasn't putting in 110% of his effort. I don't think he was even doing 80%, you know? Yeah, he does I think that whole do fight that. was weird. That fight, honestly, listen, I'm being 100% honest. That fight was weird. I feel like he, there were multiple times where Jones, Jones had him beat by like about 10 inches, I think, in reach. There are multiple times that Jones could have easily like closed up the space, hit him harder. You know, you saw it. Jones kept faking. He kept faking that left, faking that left, faking that left, faking that right. He just wasn't making contact. Like he was just, it was, it was almost like he was toying with him. So... I saw maybe a smidge of this of what I used to call Anderson Silva's let you have a warrior finish to the end. And I felt like that was almost the case yesterday because there was a yeah. certain point when the CompuStrike counter just stopped. They go, we're good. Yeah. It was like 90 to one. There's no reason yeah. to count anymore. And, there was a little bit of humility for John Jones at the end of saying like, Hey, you know, you guys, you, you have a bad night here every once in a while. And that's when people see you at your worst. And that was kind of what I had here tonight. And I still was like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's really strange to watch yeah. this guy that, you know, in the back of your head, you go, yeah, he could end this fight anytime he really wants to. And he's just, yeah. he's almost not. And you can't tell if it's a full strategy. He doesn't want to overexert himself. But it's also just in that mode of looking at it from just the context of this one fight and saying, well, that's, that's disappointing. It was a weird fight, honestly. Like, I really, that whole, that, that whole, everything about it was just odd. Yeah. You know, like, um. Like, he didn't look, I mean, he looks himself, Jones, but I feel like he didn't have the same aggression as he normally does. And I did like how, I don't know if you guys, you know, how much you follow both of them in their camps, but they were very cordial and very polite to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, what Smith said at the end uh, about Jones and his team, I appreciated. Um, I wish more athletes could be like that. Um, you know, Gibson, uh, who is Jones's striking coach, had nothing but amazing things to say about the head coach of Anthony Smith. It was, they, they were very gentlemanlike, 
mm-hmm. on both sides. So it was probably, it was the weirdest, like I said, it was a very odd exchange. Like Jones, Jones looked like he was toying with him, like a cat with a mouse. Like, all right, I'm just going to go to the fifth. Yeah. Almost as if somebody was betting on it. You know what I mean? Like just drag it out because nobody saw that happening. Well, to Kevin's point. I called it like for either a knockout or, you know, that's what I was expecting. I mean, to Kevin's point, there was a certain moment when I looked at this and I go, is he heat checking himself with this kick? Because with this illegal kick, is he saying like, ooh, just to make things interesting, can I still win this fight even if I lose two points? And I also joked online that, Kevin, I don't know if you tally this at home, but I said what the audience may not know is each of those point deductions is for each failed test that he had that week. <laughs> and it was two. Just as It was two. Just to remind everybody. I don't know. I, I, Kev, okay, here's my question for you now. Do you want to see Jones Cormier 3? No, not a ton. Not well, tough shit. Not unless it's at a fatter weight division. That's all I've ever wanted uh, from this. Nah, now that's the thing. Dana's trying to make that happen. So Dana comes backstage. And yesterday, Kev, I really wish that I could show you highlights of this post-presser. Because this was Dana at his most petty. And I was all about it last night because he was not feeling anybody. He was in a place of not being mean or overly bitchy as he can be. He was just kind of handling questions on being like, nah, nah, fuck that. We're going to do this. Nah, fuck that. We're going to do this. And when it finally got around to the idea, because they asked him, they're like, hey, Dana, we noticed that there was a little bit of a weird moment with you and Ben Askren at the weigh-ins. Is there still beef? Dana actually lost it and goes, oh, my God. No, Jesus. This guy thinks I hate it. Like, I like he's fine. Are you fucking serious? Like, seriously, dude, I've never seen anything. I said one thing about him five years ago, and he talks trash about everybody, and he still can't go over what I said five years ago. Jesus. So that's the kind of Dana White that you saw. But when Dana was trying to go backstage and people were asking him, like, what's the next thing for John Jones? And everybody kept mentioning Brock Lesnar. And then things got a little bit weirder where Dana goes, yeah, you know, I mean, Brock's definitely in there. But, uh, you know, what do you guys feel about Daniel Cormier 3? And press writers kind of goes, I mean. What fresh hell awaits us in that fight (laughs) is. Um, That's going to be if that fight ever happened. Like, I I don't even know. I, I, I honestly wouldn't even be able to pick. I really couldn't even pick on that fight. For so many reasons. I'm emotionally and mentally invested. I would be, oh, God, that fight. Like, I don't even want to see it. That, you just, it's, it's like one of those things where it would be like a, one of those horrible like, car accidents where you know you don't want to watch, but you can't help but watch just because you're curious. Just because so, that week, John Jones and Robert Kraft got arrested for playing blackjack <laughs> at the same whorehouse. So it's one of those... Weird situations where Daniel Cormier has to decide because Dana's a real pan's ass about it. It's going to be like, you know, we could go through with the fucking fights, but it's basically up to D.C. at this point. Does he want to fight someone who's on cocaine and just visited a prostitute or doesn't he? But we'll find out. Stay tuned. That's what I expect for that third fight. Now, here's the weird part, because they did try to press him a little bit more. So Dana tried to throw one thing to press Rowe that made me really laugh hard. So when he got some pushback on DC3, he goes, hey, but you know the fight I want to see with John Jones? Eh? Thiago Santos, am I right? Nobody 
in press row set a thing. I like what Data's doing here. I do this when I'm trying to find drugs at a club. I, I'll just <laughs> casually say it out loud. It's like a fishing method. See if somebody, if yeah. I'm like, I can really go for some acid and see if someone like perks up around me. That's essentially mm. what strategy Dana White is using here. Hey, well, what about the Agostanos? Who's who's into that fight? <laughs> it's like, yeah. The, the magic of that, though, was when no one responded and Dana White was sitting there just trying to eke it out. He goes, all right, nobody. And then he went to attack individual journalists and goes, well, then who do you want to see? And one of the guys just goes, I mean, I'd see Brock. And he's like, really? Over to Thiago? Really? And he's like, yeah. I stand by that. And one journalist, even when he went to another one, he just goes, Dana, do you really want to do this in front of everybody right now and have this debate here? Why don't we go to another question? Dana's like, yeah, fair point. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is great. So I thought, well, go ahead. Uh, well, honestly, I don't really believe in the answer this. But if you guys were to make fights, based off of statistics and what actually happened and where fighters are actually ranked, it would be a completely different matchup than what's posted. Um, if you guys were to hypothetically research, you know, the light heavyweight division, let's say, sure, and actually go through fighter by fighter in their past fights and actually do the math, you know, it, the rankings would be extremely extremely different and the fighting uh aspect of it it would be very different you know there are guys who are listed lower but numerically should be higher um i feel like at this point the ufc is turning into the wwe it's not based off of rankings anymore it's based off of who the people want to see and i feel like this anthony smith fight is uh nothing different i mean jones just fought Two months ago, you know what I mean. Like, when, like I, like I said, when was the last time you see these guys defending these belts like this, this quickly? You know, pretty rarely. Now, I, 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 yeah, now. But I'm saying in when it was different. You know, I'd say maybe even two years ago, when it was based off of who deserved it numerically versus who the people wanted to see. At this point. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm like, you know what, Jones, I, I can't think of anybody who could beat him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the like issue. Getting down to that size, if that's the thing. That getting down to that size, DC, it's going to be tough because DC is getting older. Yep. You know that, what I mean? That's awesome. And it's going to be a hard right? Do you, Okay, well, Ashley, you like this sport. You follow this. Is the move for him then from a for everyone wins because i agree i'm looking at the top ranked lightweights and i don't want to watch him beat up on diago santos so does hey, he but move you don't up? want to see that fucking fight he moves Come up on. a weight class right that's the logical thing to do if well he moved up okay. a weight class yeah now after he threw out the thiago and crickets happened dana went back and somebody goes i mean seriously though dana doesn't john jones want to go up a weight class and dana gave one of his first hints of being dissatisfied with the answers that he's gotten from Jones and saying, yeah, he's not really wanting to pull the trigger on that one. It's kind of weird. And it's one of the first <laughs> times that you peel back a little layer of that onion that Dana's like, guys, I'm fucking trying. Okay. 
take the Angle Santos <laughs> to take some fucking heat off my fucking back because I'm trying to give you that match. And I got one fat guy who doesn't want to go down. I got one cocaine guy that doesn't want to go up. You guys fucking make your own matches. So for me, I had a moment of, of petty sympathy with Data as he's just going off and I'm living for it. So to answer your question, I think in order for Jones to establish that narrative that he wants, which is to be the best, he really does have to go up the weight class. And I do. I think, but I think it'll be hard this time though. I do as well, because then you're going into Cormier's comfort zone. I will say this. Fried, a not. lot of fried food. <laughs> <laughs> His comfort zone involves cake, a uh, good buffet. Like I, top five people you'd want to have a meal with in the UFC. Daniel Cormier is one of them. 100%. And well, the best part is he has the best weight cutting expert in the industry on him. I, I would take DC in a heartbeat, just because of the cut. Jones would have a hard time bulking up that much. Jones, for whatever reason. He suddenly lost muscle mass. You know, muscle holds a lot of water. For guys at that lean stage, can cut that weight quickly. Like even me, like I, you, you know, I, I'm not super, super lean, but I can cut four or five pounds the morning of weigh-ins in an hour and a half, two hours if I needed to. You know, somebody bigger than me, leaner, that's no problem. But I think putting on the good weight to cut down is going to be a difficult task for Jones to do. DC has it down to a science. DC can eat a steak dinner and pancakes 18 times a day and then make weight no problem and do it in the healthiest way possible. Well, I'll make it very clear, though. I grabbed a towel three fights ago (laughs) to get a few pounds, but yeah. Yeah, it's nothing's better than when these two guys try to take shots at each other and you go, that's fair. Oh, that one's fair, too. Yeah, both of you make compelling yeah. points about the other. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of those things, like, I don't want to happen just because, like, like across the industry, people like both guys. I like DC. I think he's a good person. I think he's really chill. I think he's very humble. I think he's very polite. And he's great with the people he works with. He treats you like family. Jones, for what it's worth, I've met him. I think he's great. He's very polite. His team, Tusa, is amazing. His jiu-jitsu coach, you know what I mean? Gibson, they're just all great guys. And you're just like, ah, this is just, you don't, you just don't want it. Like, you want it, but you don't want it, if that makes sense. Well, I don't want it because based on what we've seen so far, I don't have questions. And that's usually what compels you to make a third where there's not a rubber match. It's just a... Man, and I'll say this right now. If Cormier beat him, as much as he would want to have that Brock Lesnar fight, he needs to retire on the spot. That would be the walk-off home run, and you would 100% just say to everybody, I'm done, and you know what? I don't care if I took a kick to the face and I ended up using that to win uh, because uh, Smith did do the very compelling thing, and I think some people are now starting to make the case that maybe he should have actually taken the kick even though it's the shitty human thing to do. I'll say this. I think DC at a bigger weight class has a better chance. I still see Jones winning. And that's a tough argument to really go all the way through. And it's just because when you watch Jones, 
picograms or not, he is a compelling athlete whose IQ continues to come up with creative ways to do things. And I always am interested to see the combinations he puts together and how he makes corrections in the actual octagon. So there is that. Kev, it's we need his, to move. It's his camp. It's his yes. camp, man. I'm telling you, I would <clears throat> love. I almost did. I almost got to train with them. Uh, and it, it's just, like I said, they're just like scientists. Absolutely. I want to, Kev, I'm going to do a reclaiming my time thing okay. with uh, Usman in a minute. But we ha- we have to have a special guest show up for that one. Um, but let's talk very quickly about uh, the Torres-Zhang match, which was uh, probably one of my favorite post-fight interviews. Oh, I love that one. Zhang is great, but go- why is it one of your favorite post-fight interviews? This is a fun fight. This is like two whirling dervishes <laughs> just beating each other up. Zhang's jiu good. Her control and composure was amazing. Uh, in particular, the reason why I really liked her post-fight speech was just her saying like, Hi, this is my name. I'm here to kick ass. Yay! Bye! And I just thought, like, just that simple ability to communicate in a different language and be very upbeat was like, yeah, it's kind of nice. I like that. Uh, let, let's see more see, of, that's uh, why, of her That's talking. why I picked her. Did you, she, here we go. You picked her because, you hear hold, the on. Braggadocious. <laughs> hold on. I want to throw another no, asterisk. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, like this sounds crazy. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but just seeing her reminded me of this one woman that I used to watch myself like all the time named Sumi. And just like the cuteness, she's just so cute. Like I'm just like she's adorable. Like I, I just want to hear her talk. She like, is I, very like, nice. You know what? She was very nice for a killer for someone who's just spent well, 15 minutes I mean, did you see fighting. Like, that happened. Like you know. um Brian uh, Brian Hamper, uh, the Sucker Punch uh, CEO, posted it, and it was an interesting exchange between the two women when you know they weren't like in the presser; they were literally just in the hallway, and it was excellent sportsmanship, you know what I mean? But I mean, like Zhang is just she was just super strong. Like I, I was looking at her thighs, I was like, holy crap! Like where those muscles come from? Like what's that girl do? <laughs> you know? So. She's just I mean, cute, though. She's just likable. I understand your affinity for saying. However, I want to take a moment to try and point out that I was trying to signal friend of the podcast, which is my way of usually saying, Kevin, are we really going to vote against our friend Pedro Munoz? Uh, shit. Yeah. And I haven't even seen that fight, but... I heard Cody did not suffer at the hands of an unforeseen partying industry injury well, <laughs> and did make it to the fight. Okay, true. Uh, Ashley, do you mind recalling what you remember from that fight? Ah, God. I literally almost cried. Um, so I, Cody was dominating him. Co- Cody at first had... The energy, and I felt I was like, oh, dude, you're going to gas out. You're going to gas out. You're too intense. You're too intense. And I thought for a minute there, for a minute, I was like, oh, he's got this. And then I blinked, and I opened my eyes, and I saw him on the ground. And I was like, how did that happen? 
It was hard. It was difficult. It hurt to watch. Oh, no, it did. It was great. And I'll tell you why. Because, again, people, so as the moderator, I try not to be impartial. That doesn't sound right. Anyway, I try not to really (laughs) adjacent to that. Thank you. Something (laughs) partial. You know, the best part is when I know I fucked up and I go, oh, no, I know it's not true. Anyway, I try not to sway you all of the time. I may put in my hints and my clues, but I just thought there was one thing in particular for Moonhouse's uh, durability. I I did feel that. But I was thinking like, man, he's got to like play a smart game and try and hit that submission guillotine that he loves to hit all the time. I did not foresee that he was going to stand and bang and that he would win the standing (laughs) and the banging because holy fuck, Kev, Cody No Love was literally putting his head down as he does every once in a while and just swinging for the fences. And a couple of those connected with Munoz and pulled him back in a way that looked very concerning for where the fight could go. But instead of falling down, Munoz just staggered back, put his head down, and started swinging as well. And lo and behold, he won that exchange. Fun fact, Stand and Bang is the name of the movie Cody was shooting when he injured himself sexually. I have an overreaction take on this that I want to throw at both of you for some judging. I said... Cody Garbrandt has not looked good in his last few fights. Here's the overreaction take. In six months, he's going to be fighting for Bellator. What do you think? Ouch. Ashley? I could see that happening. Oh, shit. I thought she was going to say, I thought I was about to get an Italian jersey. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, listen. I, I Like I said, I noticed the a bunch of my teammates, uh, two of them who are active uh, fighters in the UFC, and we all said, like, he just, ever since he got that um, knockout that one time, ever since he got knocked out, like, he just, against Dillashaw, he hasn't been the same. He's just a completely different, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, he's, I don't want to say scared, but he's just not the same. Yeah, and, and I want to give credit to that knee that he threw into. Like, those those jumping knees were good. It's just I felt like you could see the pattern a little bit more. And I feel like when you get a fighter who says, hey, no, let's do that, uh, who might add just a, a smidge more or a variation to said pattern, um, I think they, they have some success. So oh, shit, it was a awesome. little disappointing. Yeah, did you love that? I just sent Kevin the clip right now. Send me the video. They're just, they really are. It's the stand and bang of 2019. This is awesome. When I said stand and bang, I don't necessarily just say that a ton on the podcast. I'm not like Dominic Cruz talking about needing to respect something every three minutes on the show. I'm literally telling you, no, I've heard that a few times, but. Can Cody Garbrandt fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone? That works weight class wise, right? Well, he might need to because uh, apparently Conor McGregor and uh, Cerrone, despite everybody involved saying, yeah, it sounds like a good thing to do. Dana White gave us an update and said, yeah, it's so fucking far from happening. Mm. So there's that, everybody. All right. Matt Kev, Sarah was... versus Cody Garvin. You heard it. <laughs> Kev, I said <laughs> that I needed to reclaim my time uh, for a particular fight. And it, I know it doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> Uh, to really discuss the Woodley-Usman fight because it was a technically well-fought match for Usman, especially the fact that he was um, 
apparently injured. His leg was not 100% for like two or three fights is thank, what he admitted last night. Thank God for Woodley. Jesus. <laughs> that guy had come in at full strength? And well, well, Woodley, though. No, no, no. But Woodley, and somebody put this up, and I forget who put it up, but they said it seemed like he took a couple Xanax and just kind of let the dice roll last night because he didn't look like he was in the fight. And even in the post-presser, he said as much. But we're talking about a welterweight division where there was a hero that retired, and he's very angry that we didn't book him last week to talk about his retirement. So I might have to get off the show right now and have you talk We're to him. talk to him about his retirement? All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, here, I mean, not for the last time, because you can never retire from podcasting, but Verbal Tap Character Lore champion and retiree george's saint pierre champ how's it feel to be out on top Ooh, gsp is a partying machine now he gets out there and says uh hey what is your name i want to dance upon you okay is that, is that well my, i mean okay hey gsp not so bad no more eh no, you're looking great. So you're not going to fight Khabib? You're out? Nah, nah, it's uh, overrated. Uh, I sent Khabib a message. He said, send me location. I did, and then he was like, oh, I cannot read. It is in English. But uh, it's too much difficult for GSP. Here's the thing, people. Yesterday, I watched fight with Tyrone Woodley, and I said, oh, he thinks that he is best of all time. I ask you very humbly, is he the best of all time? No. <laughs> no. no uh, I, I know you have uh, a guest on here, too. What, what is your name? Ashley. Ashley. Very nice uh, to speak with you. Uh, do you feel GSP is the greatest of all time? Yes, no. 100%. GSP is the goat. This is uh, the best guest you have ever brought on here. I don't. I don't uh, have any more cross-examination question for her. She sounds like she a very good uh, er, uh, fighter. Uh, she sounds like she know more than you, uh, and uh, I'm very impressed by the caliber of her performance. If I'm being honest, well, that's great, GSP. Thanks for swinging by. Are you, so you're retired from talking to us now as well, right? We're not going to. Oh, GSP is that long and hard about it. I may have to retire from this show, too. Can I throw you some career advice on the way out? You did the boneyard where you mm. merge your fascination of bones from dinosaurs. Yes. I don't know what the Dr. GSP now. Thank you very much. You did one season. I haven't found it on Netflix yet, which is deeply upsetting. You, there is a reason for that. How have we not seen you at Shark Week? Get on the production. Somewhere right now is a boat filming something for Shark Week. It's called Fighter vs. Shark. I don't I don't know. I'm spitballing. Take Ashley. She knows about this stuff. You guys go fight some sharks. We'll call it the MMA thing. Tap out will sponsor this. You act like GSP has never fought a shark before. So as if this is new information. Too. Like a whole series called Animal Planet. Khabib fights a bear. GSP fights a shark. Oh. <laughs> you know, we'll keep thinking a thing. We'll make it like a, a Man Geo special. This is even better. Completely agree. Uh, they had Michael Phelps hypothetically racing a shark last year. They strapped fins to him. Who knows? Yeah, what okay, Americans, you talk about your uh, entertainment television. You have swimmer swim real fast against uh, 
see memo. Very nice. Okay. Here's what I have to say. I think I'm feeling very good about retiring, but if I could be persuaded by the audience to stay, I don't know. Maybe yes, no, I might. I don't know. We will. We will let the audience decide. Well, thanks for stopping by, champ. You uh, you have a good evening. Have a happy retirement. Woo! GSP, uh, now go dance on floor again. Oh, <laughs> so many after party for GSP to hit up now. All right. I'm going to call up Dana Her, and we are going to use our Professor X brains to think of the next big cocaine bender to go on. So until then. Anyone can do it. GSP says maybe for last time. Probably not. But maybe for last time. Ole, 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 GSP, greatest of all time. George's <laughs> Xavier, ladies and gentlemen. Ashley, any final thoughts on the brouhaha that was UFC 235? Um, about the Tyron Woodley thing, I definitely think it looked like he had the flu or something. Like, he was sick, you know? Uh, he didn't look like himself. The whole card was, like, weird. Um... I don't know. Like, I feel like since they're putting out all these events, like, I feel like cards are getting weirder and weirder. Like, 232 is weird. Like, that whole card was just, like, the night of weirdness. And yeah. then now it's starting to happen again, like, here at 235. I, I just think that, like, they need to kind of dial it back a little bit because it's starting to get... I mean, honestly, the refs are starting to get burned out from it, you know? Sure. And having two championship fights on one particular night felt like, oh, okay, well, what are we going to do in two pay-per-views time? Yeah. Who's fighting on that? All right. Um, can I run down a few things, Kev? Because I want to give some uh, overall credit and not credit to some folks. Sure. And just for what it's worth, GSP would have fought better against Usman. Saying that. Uh, right wow. Either. And I chose Woodley. It was really disappointing. Just, I'm just going to point out something <laughs> real quick. You could have told GSP that when he was here when no. you had the chance. No, no. He's been nothing but square to me. Woof. Okay. Here's what I have to say. It looked like Woodley had a stunt double who was unfamiliar with his work standing in for him yesterday. And, you know, there is a compelling narrative. I thought that was a great to see Usman uh, win. I thought that was a very fun thing to see somebody new get crowned in that division. The downside of that is Woodley says that his resume merits an immediate rematch. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with him, but we'll see where that goes. I just know that his his resume says one thing, but his fight yesterday said an entirely Can he different. Fight Ben Askren? How's that? Let's switch it. Put Lawler against Usman and Woodley against Askren, and no one's gonna even remember these fights happening. Do you know the real downside about all of this is Kevin? Is uh, that now Woodley is going to have more time to concentrate on his rap career? So I really did think of that yesterday where I said, no, I'm okay with him coming back and getting a fight because that rap career is a bad choice for everyone involved. Look forward so, to our review of his first rap album. Ashley will be uh, back on the show. We're all going <laughs> to listen to a hit and talk about it. Future verbal tap. There was a great thing between Zabit and uh, Stevens. Uh, some people said that didn't go the way that they had scored it. Um, I wasn't really hurt by it i thought it was a fine fight let this be a lesson everybody if you're named after an alcohol and you win by a miraculously amazing (laughs) jumping knee perhaps do not look like you were inebriated as if you were on said alcohol (laughs) because it's really embarrassing Uh, when they show weird your 
victory celebration as your highlight reel before your amazing highlight reel finish. That's the moment where you have to reevaluate things in your life. I also want to give some credit to this. Diego Sanchez, Kev, and I'm going to say this officially on the show right here, right now. He has punched two extra fights on his, why is he still fighting card? Because we do go through those moments of saying, yeah, he should probably retire. Because he's been fighting since the Ultimate Fighter season uno. So, yesterday with a very dominant win over a Mickey Gall, um, I was able to say, like, yeah, I'll give him two more fights. That's fair. He's very good at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. Um, And the rest of the other card, I wish I could have seen. But the reason why I wanted to bring them up right now is as follows. My fire stick. I was trying to sign in. I or like I keep myself signed in on my Fire Stick so I can watch the prelims because I'm one of only 10 people doing that. And when I watched the early prelims on my UFC Fight Pass, it wouldn't register me on my app on my Fire Stick. Now, I blame the UFC for this. I don't know if that's the real thing. But when I go on my app on my phone, for whatever reason, it was working just fine. So it's not like my subscription was invalid or anything. It was just, oh, fuck, why is it working on my phone but not my TV? And it really made me think, Kev, out of protest, I actually didn't watch the UFC early prelims. Me either. I didn't. I I don't have the time. Actually, Ashley said earlier, for this fight, they were beautiful. ESPN, oh my God, ESPN's so good with the cameras and the capture. Just has a much more presence to the fight now. Thank you. Thank you. It, I, I, pre- I appreciate that. Admittedly, do you see it too? Yeah, sure. I think it looks fantastic. It looks beautiful. It really does. Like, the actual... I am somewhat curious of the logistics of, like, what type of cameras ESPN's using and maybe some of the upgrades, because it's present. Second, and just in terms of these particular fights, um, I completely forgot the point I was going to make. Now I'm stuck on the ESPN Ultra K stuff. I want to bring up a something that we can maybe make a suggestion to uh, Ashley to forward to ESPN, which is why do the people have to get into the octagons who are reporters? Yesterday, Bren Nakamoto got in there and it just makes you think, why are we not seeing fights? I'm a person who works in production. I'm okay with these things. I know you got to jazz it up every once in a while, but it looks weird when they go into the octagon for two reasons. One, (laughs) Did you see how Brett, like, kind of looked like he didn't even let it go? And then, like, he just kind of gets off the screen and you're just kind of looking at part of a cage for a split second? Yes. Did you see that part? I did. And I felt like that was a very real expression. A couple weeks ago, we saw Megan Olivi get in there as well. And she is blissfully doing her best to try and make the best out of it and saying, like, hey, guys. There's some amazing facts that you might not know about, but I'm going to tell you them right now as I awkwardly walk around this octagon and make you forget that fights should be going on right now. Anyway, yeah. let's go back to the people at the booth. A plus. See, there's there's like a few things that could possibly happen when that happens. Um, a lot of the times, like the director can be like, "Just go in there," and like the talent's like, "What? Why?" And the director's like, "Just go in there," or they have been having technical issues, or something happens. And you can't cut to a certain camera. You can't get certain shots. So you're like, all right, plan B, get in the cage. You know, so it, it could be that because the cage cameras are working and operational. That 
all times because they are different. They're on a different setup. But they have been trying different things to see what works and what doesn't work. I don't know if you noticed that there were certain announcers that weren't necessarily as vocal no. uh, on this 235 as they have been in, like, the last like, two fights. So they're kind of just trying to see what works, what doesn't, what the audience responds to versus what they don't respond to. But I thought last week when they just had Rashad Evans, I think, show up for a heartbeat and they're like, Rashad, what do you think? And he's like, man, I think it's cool. All right. Thanks, Rashad. Go away. And I thought they were yeah, like, that's, the thing, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they'll be in passing. Like, hey, you want to take me on camera? And like, it's within like five minutes of them having to be on air. And they're just like, uh, okay. And, you know, you don't know what to say. Like, athletes, because like, I, I see it on both ends. Like, an athlete, they're not necessarily quick to think on their feet to be in front of the cameras. You know, they're just, they're athletes. They're focused on winning and training and everything else. If you're going to talk to them about something, like, outside of their their little realm, like, it's it's difficult, you know. So, it, it just, it's been interesting to see how ESPN is doing it versus how the UFC does it versus how Fox Sports did it. Again, you know? I, I think it's the weird octagon walk around that always makes me feel like they're real estate agents showing you a house. Like, this is a really nice octagon. Look at it. It's got nice yeah. fencing, and uh, the mats are not super bloody, but, you know, you could, you could put something on that. Yeah, like I said, it's just a very weird feeling. I also remember the you point know. I was going to make. I just, yes. Those fights are so damn long. I DVR'd the prelims that were on ESPN okay. and only tuned in live for the main card. Sped watched the prelims today, shaved a clean hour to two hours off my life stock in how many effing fights there are now. So no, I did not tune into ESPN Plus to catch the first mm-hmm. undercard prelims. This was also a weird moment where it was the first time my app playing on my TV also was doing that bad Japanese dub kind of not syncing with the mouth sort of a thing. And I go, am I going to have to get used to that? And my wife walks in and she goes, this is weird. That needs to match up better. Has it always been like that? I go, I don't think so. I feel like this is the first time I saw it really awkwardly. The thing is when you're dealing with the app, like off the bat, because they're using fiber optic cables, like honestly, just Mm -hmm. from like a a technical standpoint, there's always a delay. There's the person talking then it gets put into fiber, and then the fiber sends it to get, like, closed caption because they have to be closed caption. And then it gets sent somewhere else, and it gets sent somewhere else, and then you finally get it to the network. And by that time, there's, like, a four-second delay. And it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. They try to sync it better, and it's there's shaving time off here and there, but it, it's it, it's an app. You know what I mean? You're literally watching this on an app now before you didn't have to worry about that. That's fine. So. I'm just saying, I know this is the new normal kids and their apps. Um, but if I pay you for it, there are other apps that work. Okay. So again, growing pains, we're all going to learn and love together. I'm just saying I'm torn because yesterday was one of the first times that somebody who's really, really struggled to keep my fight pass where when my TV wasn't letting me go on, I was like, I did sign in, you son of a bitch. You give me these fights. And it didn't. Yeah. And then the app that I'm supposed to replace it with is struggling. And I say, it's okay, yeah, buddy. It, I'm going to work with you. The whole thing has been quite the, uh, 
it's been quite the learning process. And but, I think within the next couple of months, a lot of the bugs will be worked out um, from the production side, from the uh, technology side. You know, I think they're getting, because I don't know if you noticed, but the some of the uh, commentators from Fox are now suddenly commentators for ESPN. And it's just everybody's learning. You yeah. know what I mean? Like these are people who don't always work together. And, As you, you may know, notice, it's just everything. In my inverted pyramid of complaining about things, I really did put the octagon walking above the nuisance of, yeah, that doesn't match up, but uh, just stop walking in the octagon. It's weird. And Yeah, that bothered me, too, to be perfectly honest, because it's like they don't need to be in there. Like, well, their, I, their feet are getting that mad dirty. Like, who knows what's on their feet, you know? Yeah. Well, I've also told Kevin in the past, all it does is remind me that there's not fights going on in there. And that's the primary function of the octagon. The octagon doesn't serve any other purpose other than to. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a backdrop. Yeah. So I don't mind if they're even walking backstage or they come and they high five somebody uh, getting a beer at the local concession stands. All of those things are much better ideas than just having them walk around aimlessly. And it's not even unless it's the reporter's idea, which I don't think it is. I don't really think it's their fault. I think they're doing the best they can with whatever they're given. So I would like to pass that on. Uh, before we reveal uh, who won, I want to leave you with this last uh, Danaism that really – he's doing this a lot more since the merger, Kev. And I don't know how I feel about it, but it's like the second time in a row where it kind of happened. Here's how Dana was kind of closing out his portion of the post-presser. Dana was telling press row – that there was a moment he was so blown away by John Jones. He stopped in the middle of the whole fight, turns to Zach Efron and says, can you fucking believe that? That's a story he was telling in press, bro. Well, to his credit, Zach Efron was there. Yes, he was. That's amazing. I would have, I would Zach have Efron was too. sitting next to what's his name. There's oh. Zach Efron. Who? Yeah, no, I actually am now recalling you sending me a picture of him at the fights. He looks uh, <laughs> Gordon Ryan esque. <laughs> yeah, I was really interested. Like, I didn't realize that was Zach Efron. He looked awful. He aged horribly. I think he's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as someone who has looked the same, which is old since I was a kid. Uh, I'm not going to knock on Efron looking like a day older, but I will say this. Previously, when they were talking about back injuries, Dana White brought up, he's like, well, you know, I was talking with Matt Damon backstage, and he said the back injuries were really hard to get used to. What? Dana, why are, we, why are you name dropping more than Barbara Walters? Like, the amount of celebrity name drops that Dana is, like, subtly putting into post-pressers now is something that I want to put as a watch for verbal tap listeners. So if you I, see it, send it I to us. I just want to put this out there, and you guys take it for how ESPN, ABC, and Disney, and some of Fox are all the same company. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, if people have movies that are coming out soon and are promoting said movies, their names get brought up a lot just to kind of start bringing relevance again. Hypothetically. Uh, I mean, I, the I, Ted Bundy murder movie. So <laughs> hypothetically, if in the next couple of weeks you saw on, I don't know, 
some morning show on ABC or a morning show on ESPN, Zac Efron or, I don't know, Matt Damon, it might make sense. Yeah, Dana did preview with saying, and this is how you know he's very randy. He goes, we're working on something right now. It's going to blow your fucking socks off. You guys, you wait. I've been saying this for so long, but we changed the game, and we're about to change the game even more. And I know I say that all the time, but we're changing it again. And I'm like, he's up to something. And he goes, yeah, we're going to announce it in a couple weeks. So it does fall in line with something you're previewing here. Um, if it is a UFC version of Regis and Kathy Lee or Kelly and whoever it is now, is it Michael Statham? Uh, whoever, I don't really care. It's uh, Strahan, but uh, for a second I was like, it's Jason Statham. Wait, no, it's not. It's, it's Strahan and Laura or something. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Kelly Ripa has uh, Ryan Seacrest now. You're right. Thank yeah, you. but Strahan has it's Strahan and Laura. Well, Strahan has a GMA, so he does Good Morning America. <laughs> but here's what I really no, 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 like. No, 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 you'll see. He has a new show coming out at lunchtime. Oh, Michael Strahan a- has 67 shows. He's yeah, the best. Yeah, he does. He also is doing a $100,000 show, too. I mean, great Magic Mike XXL. I will say this. This is a lot more conversation on Michael Strahan than I thought we were going to have. Should we find out who won? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, good because I just got a confirmation email of thank you for your order from bonfire.com where you also <laughs> can get a shirt that makes you feel like a real fighter. It's got the V neck, it says fearless. <laughs> There's some real American flag business, and I just I don't even remember what all the animosity was about, Ashley. I can't, it it's, escapes me. Mm. Oh, uh, should I remind you, or do you want to leave that one for the next time I'm on your show? Because I'm afraid again. This Mm. is going to suck. Because now, yeah, we were like, she's a great guest. She's going to come back on and talk smack all the time. And now this is going to be looming over me. You got nine fights correct, though I would like to make my case. Okay. Of my only six fights correct, technically I should have won, and here's why. Okay. Anthony Smith courageously shows that Lionheart spirit <laughs> and gets up after getting kneed in the head. There's one. Now she's at eight. I'm at seven. Pretty okay. close. Pretty close. And excuse me, is that Ben Askren not choking out Robbie Lawler? Asterix too. Ooh, no contest. That does mean you both lose on that one. Interesting. Eight to eight. <laughs> eight oh to eight. <laughs> I don't think that's how that exactly works, but I've never heard you more fired up with a compelling reason. I'm almost tempted to go the other way. Uh, <laughs> however, the good news is you already ordered the yeah, well, know, I lost. She so. did, in fact, those asterisk fights. Sadly, uh, she got nine fights correct. She's very good. At we'll we'll bring it to the judge at a later date. However, for the purpose of where we are right now, congratulations, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you were able to take this and parlay it into winning ways for your upcoming fight later this month. And let's remind people the who, what, where, when, and why of that. I got, I got the dates. Um, NFC 118, the charity fight night, Friday, March 29th at Monday night brewing garage, the brewing garage people, you know, you want to see what that is. You want a VIP table of eight. It's only a thousand bucks. 
Get eight people together. Get that VIP table, but wear your Ashley shirts. There we go. Yes, I appreciate that. All the proceeds are actually going to Warriors Corpus, which is the charity I'm fighting for. It is a mental health charity, and all the money that I'm raising from this fight, 100% of it is going towards doing a seminar here in the tri-state area. Um, you know, hopefully we can get some people the help that they need and just start getting people talking about mental health because it is something that needs to be discussed and too many people are afraid to do it. So um, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. And that's why I'm doing it. So I hope you guys, if you have any Atlanta listeners, if they want to come check it out, say what's up, you know, I'm done. You know, it's been great, like, having uh, the support from everybody all over the country reaching out to me over this fight. And um, it really does mean a lot to me. You guys asking me to be on your show because I do listen to your show. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just been a great experience. And, um, you know, thank you guys for allowing me to uh, help bring awareness. So. Absolutely. That's always a – we're shitty people by trade. But we feel like we have a good platform to use. And so <laughs> we think that you use that very nicely. Ashley, we're very much looking forward to seeing how your fight goes. We're looking forward to seeing you come back with a win, maybe even greater than you had over Kevin, though that would be a large amount now, of accomplishment. Like <laughs> I you know it is, because if you knocked out your opponent in 20 seconds, I'd be like, that's a little bit more impressive than beating okay. Kevin by questionably no picks if you're going by Kevin's math, which mm-hmm. science doesn't really recognize, but it's a damn shame it doesn't. Um, Kevin, do you have any parting words to her before we let her on out? No, I don't. <laughs> and Enjoy St. Patrick's Day <laughs> with your Irish heritage in no. your no. lovely huge state of New Jersey. Oh my god. Ashley, do you have we any advice? Where people actually can pick fights. Okay. <laughs> no. I, okay, let's relax that. Just you're not representative of everybody. You might be an outlier. Ashley, do you have any suggestions for Kevin going forward for his next over under Kevin fight? He needs to Google um, what mixed martial arts is. Um, he should probably look up what wrestling is as well as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And he also might want to look at the fighters that he's talking about so he can make a well-informed decision. Because uh, there's absolutely no excuse for being that wrong on an entire card. That got rude toward the end, but I will say this. We like to acknowledge and reward people who don't do research because those are the real heroes. Um, But let's say this. Ashley, we're going to keep an eye on how things are going. We will be messaging you and keeping in contact. You are a friend of the show. And anytime we can help you plug anything, do not be afraid to get out and reach back to us. All right, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Ref, it is officially one degree now. It was fine no. when we started the podcast. We have a lot of snow on the ground. I went swimming yesterday, and I went swimming with an old friend. North-South jiu-jitsu underwear. It's helpful to have them. They were durable in the pool. Hold up in the chlorine. Remind me why I'm getting in the pool to do a little Salo Hubero cardio training for that jiu-jitsu stuff. Pool's a little warmer than expected, so not as... 
not the point. Thank you to NorthSouthJujitsu.com for making the best design gear in the grappling game. It'll serve you outside when you're exercising wherever. Free shipping orders over 80 bucks, U.S. and Canada. 30-day money-back guarantee, NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Head on over for the Heathered Gray selection. <laughs> and don't be afraid to check out their men's compression spats black. What a deal. Raph. Yeah. Um, I, I would understand if you replaced me on this podcast with Ashley Lauren Rollo. I would understand that. I, she's got a fight, and she's one of those East Coasters, so I don't know how it would go. Mm-hmm. Timing's all off. Hard to get in touch with. She is great. She brought quite a bit of expertise to this card, and this was UFC's first, I think, real big card since moving to ESPN. A lot of cool things, a lot of cool changes for them so far. Kev, but Johnny I, Walker I have to wins. interrupt you because I'm I'm fuming, but I'm also in my element of, you know when I'm right and I need to prove that I'm right? Yes. I need to prove that I'm right. Okay. Okay. What did I tell you was going to be the fallout of Tyrone Woodley not, uh, you know, defending his championship successfully? Uh, I definitely do think you predicted Colby Covington would be dialed up to the nines on the annoying level. N- that is not uh, what I would like to discuss the moment. That's going to be annoying. But the bigger issue is I just sent you a video to your Facebook <clears throat> and I need you to acknowledge what you are seeing. Uh, Tyron Woodley rapping. Yes. This was from his after party. Oh, he looks okay. He looks just fine. Was he which is amazing. Up energy for this show? Probably. But that whole time he was underneath, he was probably like, damn, what's my second verse? Shit. Uh, it's going to bug me. I'm going to forget it when I get out there at my after party on the stage. I mean, I'm not winning this fight, so got to win that. Amazing. He so I want to make sure that you understand. Second that when, balcony. Like, this is not yeah. a place. This looks like where, if you're a Parks and Rec fan, John Ralphio would have staged this party. They 100%. are. It is he and his friend on the balcony with a turntable. Yes. Rapping and there's no it's not like a mob of people in front of him stage wise it could just be at a hotel but it, you don't get a good sense of the crowd yeah so I just wanted to say when I put out precursors like he's gonna have more time to work on his rap career I'm not just making up shit no that's all yeah we've got Colby Covington already fighting we've got this lebron james has an album coming out with two chains there's a lot a lot of crossover kev are you excited for the space jam too yeah massively okay. can't wait to see he loves kevin durant he's loves kyrie irving it's gonna be like okay but hot take space jam is not great no no the people original. there's been a lot of old guy takes recently where they're shitting on comedy and things from our youth and i I think it severely undervalued. They're like, well, you can't make it like that anymore. It's like, yeah, because now there's competition. Because now everyone with a camera is funnier than that shit was. But there's good moments in Space Jam. I think it's more nostalgia that's 
painting it for us. Of course. And also, it's a killer soundtrack. And, of course, the Bill Murray cameo. So those things I understand. And I'm fine with. I just want to point it out for the people because <clears throat> that's uh, all we have to look forward to out here in Laker land right now. But if you want to see a sports movie that didn't age well, we've talked about it before, the movie Ladybugs <laughs> starring Rodney Dangerfield. Oh. Really... That has a charm to it, Kev. No, if you haven't watched it recently. Oh, God. It's definitely, uh, you know, every genist that you can make. uh, There's a scene Mm -hmm. where the joke is, as he's forcing transvestitism, cross-dressing on his, uh, a woman half his age whom he's trying to marry's son, not Mm -hmm. his son, he is like making inappropriate things and some woman is outside the dressing room thinking he's I, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to like flag this podcast but it's very innuendo specific it's horrible so, okay but then Rodney Dangerfield comes back and he's like that. I don't get no respect no respect at all and that's uh, funny now you know how our mother feels oh, we gotta go it's like what the <laughs> fuck is going on in this movie and well, that's the nine. Okay, that's, that's what we're fine. saying. I just need you to really fill in a blank here, which is what were the events that led you to rewatching Ladybugs? Was it the twenty fifth anniversary? Like you have to take some blame in this. Agreed. It was one of those movies I used to watch on TBS when I was growing oh. up, and because of lack of taste, experience, and understanding about the world, was like. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. And then it was on maybe How Did This Get Made or something, and Victoria was like, hey, have you ever seen a movie called Ladybugs? I was like, yeah, that movie's great. It's so fun. Oh, my God. And then I started recapping the plot. So we just rewatched it recently to get an idea, and it's worse than I could have ever imagined. <sighs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I I may have to rewatch it now because I feel like you're trying to challenge it. My wife is shaking her head no, so she's not in on that idea. That's fine. I've been watching a lot of James Bond recently on Me my too. own. It's on Netflix, right? Everybody doing them all. <laughs> Everybody's crunching through, except. And I almost think, Rap, you tell me how you feel about this idea. Yeah. I almost pitch you. I saw a friend of ours, Mark Shepard, post his definitive list. Yeah. And I immediately had that moment where I was like, should we do a completely James Bond podcast? Because Oh my god, let's do it. Mark Shipper said that his least favorite James Bond is Die Another Day, which 100%. is garbage. I'm not yes. against this, but that is not the worst Bond. I need you to tell me what the worst one is. I can't even wait. Are we teasing this? Because you can't put this up to me. I love James Bond movies. And the reason you probably saw that appear on your list is not just because all of us discovered at once. We're like, oh, shit, did they put them all on here? I have been chipping away and I've rewatched casino royale i've rewatched all of the brosnan ones because i was like you know i like pierce brosnan granted he got a bad shake on some of these um but like goldeneye stands up yeah Yeah, (laughs) and then you know even though in goldeneye he flies and that's fine but then when you get around to die another day he's fighting lasers that don't even make sense holly berry thinks that she's great except she has terrible line reads and then here's the reason why i popped up on your newsfeed which is I commented on that one and I said it for sure has the worst song because Die Another Day by Madonna 
is the hottest garbage of all the James Bond themes. I know because when I play poker, we have the James Bond themes playing regularly. So I know these songs very well. Damn. This yeah. is awesome. Okay. So I was going to totally say Quantum of Solace is the worst. Oh, but Quantum. Okay. So here's my issue. I have to go back and watch that one because the, there's the a grand plot is yeah. about them slightly raising the taxation on water in a drought. Yeah, okay. Country. Cause I was trying to go back and say like, okay, Casino Royale is a lot of fun. Uh, but I remember telling my wife at one point, especially as I'm watching one of the Brosnan ones, I was, I was like, I really just wish that Daniel Craig could have some fun because sometimes James Bond is a product of its times. And when people are like, no, I need a gritty reboot. And I go, but these are usually light and fluffy. Yeah. And then it's Daniel like, he Craig doesn't have sex in. with anyone in Quantum of Solace. He <laughs> has no, he is a fucking Mormon in Quantum Kevin's, of Solace. Kevin's scale is way more fun. But what I was going through, I go, man, okay, I loved Casino Royale for what it was. I yeah. enjoyed it. Has sex with then, like four people in that movie, by the way. What of solace. <laughs> I tried to think of the plot and I go, isn't it some environmental bullshit thing? Eh, skip. Then I see Skyfall. And I love Skyfall. And I know you hate it. And then, uh, then Spectre was kind of a misfire. But the whole time I'm watching Spectre, I was like, oh, maybe he can have some fun now. No? Ugh. That's my that's my hope, and he's got one more that he's doing. So anyway, I guess what we're saying is we really have agreed to do a James Bond podcast. Mark Shipper is a lot because he does these things where sometimes he believes that he is right on a variety of issues. And he's wildly, you know, he's a person who's got a lot of time to write something, but not necessarily a lot of time to have friends. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm fine with it. I'm I'm good to do one of those. Um so yeah, come back for that. And you can hear what I think is maybe the most underrated James Bond theme song of all time. That would be fun. We'll get some categories. We'll get this thing ready. And I'm just now, as you're talking about Spectre and Skyfall, I was like, shit, I've kind of merged them into the same movie. I'm going to have to go back through Spectra, fortunately. Skyfall is, and again, my opinion, not yours. Skyfall is great. And Spectre is... Ugh, ugh. And... Yeah. Spectre has the cool scene though where he's in the Mexico he's in Mexico during yeah. El Dia de Muerte. That yeah. part, that tuck scene rocks. The hard part for me is I'm always looking at as an actual Mexican person <laughs> and I kinda go, Yeah, you're okay. Uh All what right. I would tell you though, last note on this. Yeah, oh please. Uh Kelly definitely walked in on what is it? Uh is it tomorrow? No. The world is not enough. That's a great one. Your standard evil. There's your fake news. That's that's the cautionary tale. Oh no, tale. that's tomorrow never dies, right? That's the the fake news one. Oh the world's shit, not you're enough. Right. Yeah, is Doctor Christmas Jones. And yes, my wife definitely. Oh hell yeah! Why is Denise Richards a scientist? And I go, babe, it's glorious. And she took no more than five minutes and goes, I have all the information I need on her. That's where the guy is holding. He can't feel because there's a bullet in his head, right? Yes. <laughs> that's that's that uh, a- Robert Carlyle, who does actually a pretty fun uh, Bond villain, all things considered. But midway through the movie, like that movie's so dumb. And it goes, hey, do you like dumb movies that aren't Roger Moore? Come join us for this one. So anyway, we can come back to those things later. Don't but worry. I just want 
The grappling news is slow. If only we <laughs> thought of this faster. That'll do it for us tonight yep. here at the old Verbal Tappers. Shout outs? Do you have sure. some? I have a couple. Nothing, nothing big. I'm tempted not to shout out the Jabera crew for some of the things nope. that have happened to me in that gym. But wow. No, it's good, I think. Feeling this uh, back to training thing, but shout out to the Jibera side. Raph, I did get kind of called out. Uh, apparently, Jibera met his, his now wife through a dancing scene, mm-hmm. the tango, which prompted me to be like, that's the plot of True Lies. I mean, that is, that's True Lies, the Schwarzenegger movie. And he quipped, that's not the tango. It's a different dance they're doing in that. And um, I just yeah. found another thing that I need to discuss with Tom Arnold. But be very careful when, you know, and the nice part is he's got the black belt. He's right. I just I also like, hey. would not have expected him to correct you on that and be on like, a true oh, lies reference is impressive, right? But they routinely refer to that as a tango in common lore. They, they call that dance a tango, I think, even in the scene, even if, you know, to expertise such as uh, Senor Jibera are looking at it and going, <laughs> that's no tango, my friends. I don't even mind telling you I flat out Googled it, Rap. I was I read way more facts about the movie of True, True Lies oh than anyone needs to, um, including the movie almost didn't get made because Tom Arnold sucks and the horse yeah. almost killed Arnold. Didn't know that. Didn't know it. Wasn't worth it, scene-wise. Yeah. Wasn't worth Arnold. I'll say that, but that's going to do it for me on the shout-out train. Well, excellent. Uh, while we're speaking of Arnold, there was definitely a great meme that we made today that I think the people are enjoying with Craig Jones and Arnold being in the same photo as Craig Jones is currently at the Arnold Classic in Ohio. And uh, I think I think Craig himself seemed to enjoy it because people are supposed to be sending in memes for the BJJ Fanatics group to get something. I didn't, I didn't even really do it for that reason. I just saw a photo of Craig Jones trying his hardest not to make eye contact with Arnold. And, uh, you know, there's that. So, uh, but I would say the tack on joke that I'm quite proud of is, um, come with me if you want to drill. (laughs) And, uh, one person said this and I, I have to shout them out because I, I cried laughing when I got this. I said, throw your best puns at me for Arnold and Craig Jones and Kev, I kid you not. When I saw this one, I I had to stop because I just said, man, I think they won. I really think they won the day. And the note was, this is from Babyface BJJ. I'll be back, take. <laughs> if, if you're playing a pun game, that's a pretty good one. So good. anyway, um, let's do shout outs. Shout outs to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Oh. Shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. V-Mac. I had a marathon training session with uh, Kyle today, and uh, that was a lot. So my thanks to Kyle for uh, getting me back into a better shape. Because um, here's the thing. When you're gone for a couple weeks and you come back, you're like, how does this work? What am I supposed to do here? What was it again? Position, grips, hips? I, uh, I can remember. But we have one of those like long rolls where there's no like breaks in between. You're just going through the bells. And I went to go do an arm bar. And I'm not going to say I forgot how to do it, but I literally just threw his arm when I didn't get it. I go, ah, fuck. And I just threw it away. And I was like, nah. 
that sucked. <laughs> so there was that. Um, and uh, shout out to 10th Planet Van Nuys, our friends over there. Looks like they've got some fights over at CXF. I think I'm going. Uh, those are next Saturday over here in Studio City, I think, or Burbank, one of the two. But I think I am going to that one. And our good friends Lance and our good friend JJ will be fighting on that card. And we just found out Albert Morales will be fighting on that card as well. That's pretty awesome. So it's going to be a very good day of fighting. And uh, thank you guys for sending in submissions and your fighter picks. We had somebody send in some fighter picks, and we said if you guys could beat Kevin or Ashley, we would shout you out. No one did. Uh, there was somebody who I think got like eight right. and Or they might have tied Ashley, which is not technically beating her. So we will not be shouting them out. But thank you guys for doing it. I think it's a fun game to play. Welcome. Yeah, and if you start to see yourself trending at that 7-8 range, <laughs> let's make some money. <laughs> let's not get out of this. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tab. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. Thank you down, Greg Jones. Now. has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is